Hey, hello, hello. My name is Tavi, and welcome to a very special episode of The Solar Spill. Um, This is going to be a little bit different, listeners, so please uh, hang on tight. Uh, today, I am no, I'm not going to be uh, inviting our usual co-host, Susanna Bradley, along today. I've got a very special, special interview subject. Uh, his name is Patrick McCormick. Hello, Patrick. Hello. This is uh, the most special possible guest. We're talking about <laughs> Patrick, the producer and editor of The Solar Spill. So in a way, sort of like your most avid listener, your biggest fan, your biggest critic, to be honest. Yes. Oddly enough, you are the guy behind the curtain. Uh, whenever Susanna and I finish an episode, uh, recording a raw episode of Solar Spill, we send it over to Patrick because, Patrick, you are the lead storyteller at mm. Sun Common, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, and what does, that, what does that beautiful job entail? Geez, well, actually, my next week is my three-year anniversary, which is pretty yes. crazy. Congratulations! And they brought me on to take photos, make videos, and run the social channels. And I was like, you know what? That is all cool, but like, maybe there, maybe there's even more out there, uh, which <laughs> of course entails all sorts of fun stuff. I mean, so social media is the main sort of thing, but all of our visual assets and uh, and more recently helping find more visual assets for this little film festival that we got started last year. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And so um, if you didn't read the title of this podcast, you went in blind. Uh, cool. Um, everyone is allowed their life choices, the sort of Russian roulette of picking a podcast episode. <laughs> but today we're actually here to talk about, uh, very exciting, the Climate Action Film Festival, uh, which is a homespun indie film festival uh, that we at Suncommon have now been putting on. Well, this will be the second annual, the second year of the Climate Action Film mm-hmm. Festival. Um, and Patrick is essentially, you are our uh, sort of creative director of the entire festival. Very nice. Very, very nice. <laughs> pretty fun. Um, yeah, I actually, I remember like just personally like being super impressed. Um, well, just sort of to marry both your role at Suncommon and for Climate Action Film Festival. I was like applying for a job at Suncommon uh, just over a year ago. And you guys, Suncommon, were in the throes of like sort of con- like conceptualizing and planning the first uh, annual Climate Action Film Festival. And here I was like, you know, applying for like a marketing job um, at a solar installer, like a solar company, um, upstate New York, getting ready to leave my, my birthplace of New York City. And I was just super impressed because in my research for this brand, Suncommon, I was like, oh my gosh, like the quality of photo and video assets that these guys are, you know, I, I assumed like purchasing, like licensing, it like looked super, <laughs> super professional, especially compared to like anybody else uh, that you guys were competing with. So in my research, I was like, damn, like, these guys are like skilled up. And then I go into the interview. <laughs> I remember like meeting the digital team and like, I was so immediately intimidated by you, dude. Cause you were like, you oh, my came, God. oh my God, you came immediately with like the film questions. You were like, mm. like all well and good dude that you like say you're into film and stuff. But like, you like side, I don't know if you remember this. You like side emailed me uh, <laughs> during the interview process to be like, let's get real about like your taste mm. in film. And I was so much more nervous about that email chain than any of the job interviews <laughs> themselves um but yeah it was super cool because you guys actually gave me this creative exercise of imagining how i would put together like an integrated marketing plan for the climate action film festival and it was mind-blowing i was like these mm-hmm. this like solar company in vermont and in the hudson valley are like 
throwing literal dollars, like, you know, throwing funds and their people's time at an actual honest to God organic film festival. And I remember reading the brief and you like, you were like pointed out, you were like, look at the requirements. And one of the requirements was like, this is not a marketing gimmick. And I was so, <laughs> I was actually just so impressed, so blown away. Um, so that's like, yeah, I guess that's like my fond memory of like the first, mm. you know, climate action film festival. And it's like six months after starting to work with, you know, work for you guys, work with you guys. Like we were there in these like tiny indie theaters in the Hudson Valley and in Vermont, like doing it. And it was like a huge success. Um, so before I, I talk the festival director or the, the festival's creative director's ear off, do you have any sort of fond memories of the first climate action film festival? Well, I'll, I will say you coming in like during the early planning stages of that was so perfect and almost like almost like a couple months too late because I was like, this is the guy to direct <laughs> this thing. This is this this guy has the chops. Um, ah, thanks, man. Thank you. Especially with your your background in, in game theory, game design and like uh, an event planning and just being a New Yorker in general. I think there's a little extra air of like film clout there. <laughs> um, but uh my fondest memory is just like the early stages when it didn't exist, but like many of us could kind of like see it. And then here we are doing the second year and we're already talking about like a two, we can get into this later, but like extending the length and bringing in feature length films and some things that we like hypothetically wanted to do with the, you know, on, on a two or five year axis. And so it's really cool to see it like come to fruition and bring in new people to like help make it a reality. Amazing. Oh my gosh. So cool. And and actually we should probably just for the sake of the, like, you know, the, the person who might be listening to this, that doesn't know anything, let's just like take a quick back step for a second. Why don't you tell me as a creative director, tell me about like, what, what is the sort of, what's at the heart of uh, CAF or the climate action film festival? Like, what is it? What's its purpose? How is it like different from other film festivals? Sure. Yeah. Great question. Um, so Sun Common was sort of founded on the idea that storytelling could inspire people, in our case, like to go solar or to just sort of reimagine how they power their home. Mm. And like for us, like transforming the grid to a cleaner, more resilient one is really essential to like not only combating the climate crisis, but like helping people save money. I mean, that's that's basically the main principle. But like early in the Sun Common days, that was a that was a stretch like mm -hmm. people could you can't just like a spreadsheet doesn't really do it justice and so <laughs> the storyteller role at suncommon is one of the oldest it's something that Dwayne brought into the business model like from day one and so um I, we as as storytellers use the the power of storytelling filmmaking podcasting photos blog writing all that kind of stuff we use that to help inspire people and given the weight of the climate crisis and the amount of voices and ideas required to really inspire change, we felt like we're just one voice and there are so many other voices out there. What if we could help tie them together and present like a diverse, inclusive and far reaching selection of climate actions that are taking place in the world? And so that idea sort of synthesized with the fact that there are tons of film festivals about climate change and when we set out to launch CAF two years ago, it was like there were no film festivals specifically focused on action being taken to address the climate crisis. Because let's face it, like sitting through an hour long movie about plastic pollution, it is informative and it is important and people should be educating themselves on the impacts of climate change. But at some point, like we have to turn to the streets or, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. the state house or 
you know, uh, the rooftops or whatever it is to drive change. And so we based the whole festival on this idea that many voices are crying out for climate action and like, what does that look like? What are the different solutions? How are people taking action? And um, yeah, so I think that was kind of the genesis and it's it's um, it's kind of taken on a life of its own now, so. Yeah, totally, I love that. That's a really great succinct way of thinking about how it's differentiated. Because I think especially when I was still kind of getting onboarded and getting my feet wet, you know, I ended up really uh, feeling that difference when I started to see some of the selects that you and your partner in the sort of curation and selection, uh, you know, aspect of the festival like when you guys started screening some of the films internally around our marketing Mm -hmm. group i was like i was kind of blown away because i didn't even realize how how much sort of pattern blindness i had been um exposed to from the the glut of sort of climate focused um like narratives that were out there i I think you're right like when you focus so much on just the effects it, it kind of has at least for me it had this really like brutal effect of kind of on one hand making me feel like there was nothing i could do it was just so brutal and it was so mm-hmm. overwhelming and on the other hand it was just very uh, while educational and informational it was very kind of cold and inhuman sure so you know when watching when myself watching like the the films that we had selected for the first uh climate action film festival i felt a real humanity to the story um and a real connection to the sort of like from the mundanity of the everyday actions that some of the activists and subjects of the films are taking to the beautiful, like elevated, like poetics of some of the other entries. I was really moved. I was really, really moved um, sure. and, and and humanized by, um, you know, sort of the, the selections of the first one and very excited, obviously, for some of the selections that I've been seeing uh, for Climate Action Film Festival too. And I think, you know, as the as the sort of, you know, curator uh, of this, did you, I know we didn't like, we didn't like select any like, you know, best in show or like top prize. It kind of felt a bit like too competitive or antithetical to just like elevating all of these special voices. But did you have any stories from uh, the first uh, Climate Action Film Festival that like particularly moved you? Mm, I'm a sucker for this film called Rise that was the mm. festival closer. Yes. And this is like, you know, kind of a vanilla choice because it turns out that was like a lot of people's favorite. And, <laughs> you know, if it's like the Coke formula, you don't mess with it. Um, <laughs> Rise was like a really unconventional story. Um, this guy, Dan Lin, partnered with 350 and um, a couple of really interesting poets. And they told this really um visually stunning story and it and it really was set itself apart from the rest of the films in that it didn't really focus on an action but more a call to action and mm-hmm. that that really is just rise um and it was just such a beautiful film the first time i saw it i rewound the first like like 30 seconds like i kept rewinding it like like probably 10 times because it it, it immediately hits you like a punch and i i just mm-hmm. couldn't even wrap my head around what was being said it was so powerful and the first time I in that moment like made it through that film I was just weeping and so some of these films that in the process like they will just make you break down because the passion out there is so real and you know as people like us trying to kind of transform the energy grid in this tiny little corner of the of the world like it's kind of like painting with a you know a q-tip so to speak like Mm -hmm. we've been we're sort of like methodically working at this particular section of the process, but to see people, you know, on the other side of the globe, just like, you know, crying out to save their homeland, it's it's incredibly moving. And like the least we can do, I think, is try to share those stories, so. Yeah, totally. I still remember uh, my experience of 
finally like because i i'd watched that film as one of the selects that you had shared mm. out to the rest yeah. of the the sun common crew and it was moving it was definitely moving but then uh the experience of actually seeing it in the context of the festival and as the festival closer what i was struck by in that moment was just you just sort of like triggered this memory was how in the in the wonderful sort of poetics of the of the actual poem that was being uh read over the course of this beautiful video i remember at some point the sort of the the voice of the poem actually turned to the viewer and started mm, addressing yeah. us as an audience really directly and i just felt like that was such a powerful um kind of final uh feeling or statement to totally. leave our audiences with so it was it was really it was really quite powerful and then compounded its its power or its effect on me um in the in the sort of communal viewing of it in the in the context mm-hmm. of the festival it's a beautiful beautiful film yeah. thanks for thanks for uh, bringing that one up that was great and so i mean i again just sort of reflecting on calf one before we turn our attention to calf two i think the last thing i would say is like you know as your eternal as you were saying like new yorker like attitude kind of your eternal hype man i would be remiss if i didn't mention that our our first climate action film festival was actually among the first film festivals in the world to go fully digital um, right, right. <laughs> far from our intention but you know we had basically just finished up with the the main festival events we had like two in vermont or yeah, we had two in Vermont and two in the Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were just starting to roll out the sort of mini CAF or mini climate action film festival events, which were like, you know, we had partner hosts in like education, climate action groups, and like even just like general, like, you know, people in New York and Vermont who wanted to host sort of um, like follow-up viewings of the of the shorter right. program. And so what was crazy was we had started to do that. We have like great photos and videos of like, you know, the CAF uh, program being rolled out in like a school, um, you know, with with corporate partners who had really wanted to show their staff and like, you know, their own audiences, like, you know, this beautiful programming. And then, you know, this was all in like, you know, mid-February and then into March and then COVID hits. And I still remember us like scrambling, not only to figure out how to like work, you know, in general, um, like all of us all of a sudden working from away, Uh, from the office but then all of a sudden we're like oh no there's still all these groups and all these individuals like reaching out to us with like real interest in continuing these screenings so i still remember hastily having to figure out how to take this entire program (laughs) into a digital format and so you know we kept it going uh sort of like the touring program was going for like a few months into the into the pandemic um, how did <laughs> now that we're, it's, it's funny it's like almost like the first time we're processing this in, in real time like how was that how was that um, experience of going digital for you and how did it potentially inform our approach uh, this year because you know this year Climate Action Film Festival is going to be a fully digital event mm. yeah um, I mean I think that last year there was a there was an urgency and like a necessity and maybe even came a little bit more, more naturally because we just didn't have any other option. Um, <laughs> yep. It's all, it was almost harder this year because I remember back in like September when numbers COVID stats were super low and we actually had a bit of an, an, an internal, internal debate about like yes. how much in person should we account for because we don't know what the other side of the holidays will look like. And me being sort of a, you know, uh, maybe further into the doom scrolling uh, <laughs> and less optimistic, um, unfortunately, I, it was like it felt it felt more obvious to plan a digital event. But but at the same time, there was that nagging voice in the back of my head like, yes. man, what if like we really can beat this thing? And um, 
you know, so last year when we switched to digital, uh, the cool thing was like John Bowermaster was one of the filmmakers and he couldn't make it to the premiere, um, but he's based in the Hudson Valley. And so when we switched to a digital event, I think we re- reached out to him right away and it was like, oh, now you can join us for a virtual Q&A. And so... <laughs> nice. If now I would have no excuse. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but, you know, if I were to look for a positive in 2021, I think we'll talk more about this, but, like, the fact that it is virtual sort of levels the playing field for, like, access mm. to filmmakers. And it, it also just levels the playing field in that, like, every event is virtual, you know? Like, the size of your event um, like in terms of its physical presence, it really doesn't matter um, if you're not able to reach people in an unconventional way. Your event uh, just, it, it, it won't be as um, as seen. So I think what's interesting about this year is like we actually have a slight advantage in that we've done this before and um, this type of content is really conducive to watching at home. It's essentially watching a movie. So I, I'm excited to further transform this. And then it's to me it's future proof like i think that more events should adapt themselves to be virtual just to be more accessible to like you know people with different levels of ability or like mobility mm-hmm. people that can't maybe reach these places or you know i think you know being able to reach filmmakers all over the world with a q and a for example is extremely valuable um and an experience you you couldn't get um in person so absolutely no i love that you touched upon it it's like you know, the internet is not a, it's not a safe place for all people all the time, but in its best moments, it is a more egalitarian way of sharing stories. And I I love that. I love the way that you put that. Cause it's like, you know, not just from an opportunistic standpoint of being able to connect with more filmmakers or more of their subjects as relevant to our audiences, but also, yeah, the breadth of audience that might, you know, we might be able to reach with these stories definitely does extend beyond a couple of you know movie theaters in vermont and in uh you know the hudson valley so that is that is super super exciting and like look you know we're a few weeks out from the events uh it's march 2nd through the 12th and um i know like in the coming week or two we're going to be doing a bit more of a reveal in terms of the festival lineup but you know this podcast is called the uh solar spill so uh is there anything that you can reveal to our audiences um, or any, even if not like selected films, like are there any new formats that we're exploring uh, for CAF 2021 that we did not explore uh, in the first Climate Action Film Festival? Sure, yeah, great, great question. Um, so a couple different, couple different answers there. Like first of all, um, we will be expanding the types of films that we share in that we're, we're, we've selected a feature film. So there will be in the second week a feature film. And frankly, if you're listening to this, um, you're clearly a Sun Common super fan, a climate action. <laughs> you're a climate action film festival, so I will I will spill an exclusive that oh. we, we are the heavily awarded um, feature film called Necessity, which is about climate resistance and the necessity defense, nice. um, which refers to a sort of a legal strategy for activists who. Um, well, I'll save that for the festival, but. It's a continuation of a film that we played last year called Valve Turners. Yes. And one of the, one of the things that I, I set out to, to accomplish uh, over the summer was like, what if one of the films we played uh, in 2020 could be followed up upon in 2021 and people could get Love like that. a... So like F- Valve Turners turned out to be a perfect um, follow-up and it just uh, by happenstance or some of the Dwayne magic, um, the co-curator Dwayne, who, who ultimately found this film... Um, it, it connects to a film that Steve Lipte made uh, about the valve turners who were um, pipeline activists in, in Canada. And um, 
so this feature we're psyched about and then the other new features or 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 um features in the different sense um new screening formats we're going to do two nights of short films and then because we wanted this to be a longer event we wanted to engage with people over a longer period of time we're also doing these beyond the film nights where we talk to activists and filmmakers and and basically dig into a single film as a topic so Mm -hmm. like we've got a film about regenerative agriculture and we're bringing in guests who can speak to that and answer questions about that um so yeah we're kind of diversifying the type of event versus you know as opposed to last year where we just did one night of shorts um now we're doing a couple nights of shorts a feature and some activism nights um so that people can learn more about how to get involved Oh, dude, that is so exciting. And I actually, I love the, I love that you're, you're calling out the sort of, um, almost the continuation of the storyline uh, from the first calf to the second um, yeah. from Valve Turner's. Valve Turner's was actually one of my favorite selects mm. from first year. So when we started exploring uh, necessity, it was just like, I, my eyes got wider in excitement. It was super cool. Totally. Plus like low key, you and Dwayne are basically assembling like the Climate Action Film Festival, like connected cinematic universe. Right. So <laughs> we have like like two, three years from now, like three festivals from now, we're like starting to like have in jokes and references and like climactic, <laughs> like universe changing events going on. I love yeah. it. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Well, look, look, let's sort of come back to you as my special interview subject uh, of, of, the, of the episode. You're a photographer. You're a videographer, right? And mm-hmm. in your professional and in your personal life. And like speaking to a creator as a creator, you know, and as a consumer and fan of, of the moving picture, pinkies up, uh, what, are, what are your hopes? Uh, what are your sort of hopes for um, the audience's experience of CAF? Almost like, you know, what do you want them to to experience, to learn, to take away from the festival? Is there like a, almost like a, and using air quotes here, like a next action that you would hope to inspire in people when the festival ends? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, the whole, the original purpose was like, try to give people an entrance to the movement. Like, you know, what works for you? Like, are you somebody who is really good at, you know, painting signs or joining mm-hmm. a group? Or are you, are you really extroverted? You can like help organize people or, you know, there, there are all these different ways to access the climate movement. And what's cool is that like Sun Common as a, as a market solution to climate change, like we feel like uh, connected to this movement and we're so inspired by all the, you know, the tentacles of it that we want to, you know, put our money where our mouth is and help promote these ideas. And so my main, the, you know, hopeful takeaway is like, the, I, I refer to it in my head as like the mother-in-law experience. Um, <laughs> my mother-in-law, yes. who I adore, she came to the first Climate Action Film Festival and she really didn't know what I was working on and was just kind of excited and interested. And she came away just like, I had no idea any of that stuff was happening. Um, and so I think, again, the storytelling is such a great access point that my hope is that you see some of these films and you're like, wow, it did not occur to me that like somebody would would take this approach or that like things are so dire in this country or that um, or that, you know, kids are organizing or like or whatever it is. I I think reframing the movement and making it more accessible um, and showing that it does take everyone. Um, This is like a universal movement um, and it's an existential one. So um, I, I, I think, yeah, my main hope is that people see it as an entry point to like get inspired or get involved somehow. Um, so beyond any of my jokes about a, you know, a connected climate action cinematic universe, um, you know, as a sort of creative director and, you know, one of the originators of this entire thing, 
you could cast your eyes forward, your mind's eye forward for me, and just you know, paint with a paint with a brush, right? Like you get everything you want, everything grows the way it goes. Um, where do you imagine uh, sort of the future of the Climate Action F- Film Festival? Like, how do you see it growing or evolving? Yeah, great question. Um, and I, I think the whole its whole existence um, really did hinge on the idea of bringing people together. And um, I think recognizing ourselves as a human species is actually crucial. So like, Mm. we love stories like the one you just mentioned, Naturally Selected. We love stories of like individual resilience, but we, our ultimate goal is that people see themselves as part of a bigger movement and the movement really hasn't even been built yet. So I think the the main purpose of, of CAF is to become somewhat of like a channel um, where people can follow along for new stories throughout the year um, mm. and stay connected to us um, as a as a means of you know finding uh, more of this kind of content and more uh, more inspiring stories from around the world. So longer term thinking, like we always want to put on a festival, we always want to put on special screening events. I think one thing we're exploring in 2021 is like a is like a, a monthly sort of screening event. Um, especially as COVID restrictions are lifted and, you know, people are starting to, our numbers are going down and, you know, make no mistake, we're not rushing into that because, um, you know, public health um, is first and foremost. But um, I think, yeah, long-term thinking, we we really want CAF to be a place that people will come and and, uh, stay connected so that we can continuously bring um, stories to, to people. I love that. It feels way less finite than even an expansive two-week festival, which right. I think is like a wonderful future to, to plan for. Because, I mean, if there's going to be any, um, I mean this in a positive way, I know the phrase sounds too gloom, but like if there's going to be any hope for humans on earth, we do need to pull together as a species. Sure. And, you know, a platform, an ongoing platform or channel or sp- like almost as if like CAF becomes kind of more of a space than an event, right? Yeah, like, that's a good yeah, way to like put that, it. It, I mean, you know, painting in like broad strokes here, but it, that right. does sound like a really great evolution. And it almost feels like we're, we're, I mean, this is hopefully, you know, an all digital festival is a temporary measure uh, for public, you know, public health and safety. But like there are certain advantages to being able to connect with international audiences and to start conversations yeah. in, a, in a digital space where conversations can be continued in a synchronous or asynchronous way long after the film festival, you know, is over. So totally. I, I feel like in a way we're like, we can, we can kind of you know crawl before we walk but we're like crawling towards that eventual vision that you have in your mind totally yeah yeah man oh dude thank you so much for taking some time out of your day as both sun commons uh storyteller in chief uh and <laughs> calf's uh creative director you're a very busy a busy dude um and so i really appreciate you guesting on the My solar pleasure. spill yeah and uh just for our audience out there um the climate action film festival will be happening from march 2nd through March 12th in a web browser near you. Uh, you can go and grab uh, tickets to the show at climateactionfilmfestival.com. It's a suggested donation of $10, but you can pay or donate whatever you can, whatever you want. We also have a few uh, very impactful person like boxes. We put together some really cool gift boxes with some wonderful, wonderful swag uh, for a larger, do- larger suggested donation. Those are still available right now. So check out climateactionfilmfestival.com. Grab yourself a ticket and we hope to see you online. Any parting shots from you, my man, Patrick? 
I would just echo what you said. That is, it, this is like a must see event. And I'm not just saying that <laughs> as the coordinator, this is something that I tell all my friends and family about because it really is the first festival of its kind. And of course, in the year since launching, we're getting all kinds of copycats out there. <laughs> it's true, man. It's I true. I welcome this. When I when we yeah. started Googling the phrase Climate Action Film Festival was like nothing coming up. And I'm happy to see that a lot of bigger festivals are, are taking up this theme. And um, yeah. so I would say don't miss out. This is like content that um, we've put a lot of thought into the sequencing and the stories and the Q&As. And um, it's going to be a really special time. So um, get your tickets and... Honestly, these special VIP boxes that you mentioned, um, th these are these are uh, you know uh, collectible items that will age uh, <laughs> with value, and uh, yeah. I highly suggest you check it out. I love it. Sell it, man. It's like a it's like an old like vinyl toy blind box or something. Yes. They're gonna be worth something someday. Yeah, kids. Beanie Babies. Yeah, collect them. It's like a Pokemon or something. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you, dear listener, uh, as always, for tuning into Some Common Solar Spill. And as always, look, some of the biggest changes you can make to fight climate change begin at home. So if you were considering going solar in the Hudson Valley or in Vermont, give us a shout. We're at suncommon.com, uh, and we've got some wonderful local trusted experts who can help help you go solar. It's it's the way to go. Um, and for sure, check out climateactionfilmfestival.com and get yourself a ticket March 2nd through 12th. It's going to be amazing. <laughs>